listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. As we continue in our Sabbath month here at DCC, our month of rest, we're in a series called Give It a Break. Somebody say, Give It a Break. Pastor Rocky kicked this off with a powerful message about an eternal break. And then after that, Pastor Scott did an amazing teaching about having a vocational break. And then last week, Pastor Zach shared an awesome word about having a financial break. And today, we're going to talk about taking a mental break. Taking a mental break. Proverbs 11 verse 1 says, A false balance is an abomination or it is disgusting to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And one thing that I always get out of this verse is that God wants us to be a people that have some level of balance. And one reason that balance is important is because it helps to keep us from going to negative extremes, where we're going to extremes that can be harmful to our progress or even hinder us from even moving forward at all. And so that's one thing that I've personally always gotten out of that. And so when when we're talking about taking a mental break, I think it's important to have balance and clarify what we're not saying. So for one, when we say take a mental break, we are not saying to take a break from using your intelligence. Just to make sure we're all on the same page here as we get started, all right? Uh, You know, I think about how those of us that are working, you know, Pastor Rocky has shared that if you have a job, then you need to, during this month of Sabbath, he's encouraging us to only work the necessary hours in order to keep your job. But those of us that work and have jobs, we understand that we do need a level of intelligence in order to keep our job. You do need uh, the ability to acquire and apply the information that you've learned in order to keep your job. And so there is a level of intelligence involved. So we want to make sure that the things that we learn to do our job, that we don't turn that part of our mind off. Before I came on staff at DCC at my previous job, one of my responsibilities was that I was in charge of payroll. So making sure that all the employees in the company got paid every week. But what if July rolled around and I just forgot to do payroll for the whole month? I would be in witness protection. They'd be looking for me. And just like with any of us, if you go to someone who's providing some kind of a service, uh, whether it's a hospital or a bank or an auto shop or somewhere else, you want to make sure that they have not turned off their intelligence and that they're able to do the thing that they're being paid to do. So that's one thing that we're not saying is we're not talking about turning off your intelligence. We're also not saying to take a break from using common sense. Proverbs 2, verse 3 says, beg as loud as you can for good common sense. There was an article about two high school seniors uh, who were identical twins. And the headline of the article said that these twins were named valedictorian and salutatorian. And someone on social media made a remark, because you know all the geniuses are on social media. And someone on social media said, what kind of parents would name their kids valedictorian and salutatorian? And there was no laughing emoji at the end of it. There was no LMBO. (laughs) They were serious. SMH. 
there was a person who wanted to start hiding a spare key to their home under the rug on their, por- on their front porch, which is not uncommon. But when the rug looks like this, And this picture was taken by the person who ended up stealing everything in their house. No, I don't know that for sure, but now more than ever, we need to get back to using good common sense because more and more I see how common sense is not common anymore. So don't take a break from it. But lastly, when we say take a break, take a mental break, we're not saying mentally disconnect from God. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says that he will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. So it's good to stay mentally connected to the Lord. So we're not talking about mentally disconnecting from him. But 1 Peter 5 7 gives us some clarity on the kind of mental break that we should take. 1 Peter 5 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Another version of that says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all, for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you carefully. Another translation says, leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. I particularly like that last translation because while a lot of believers know to bring their concerns and their cares to the Lord, it's not enough just for you to bring them to him. Now think about it. If you had a document that you had to mail and you go to the post office to mail it and you talk to the person at the counter, you say, hey, I have this document I'd like to mail, kind of get a stamped envelope. They give you the stamped envelope. You pay for the stamped envelope. You put the document in the stamped envelope. You seal the stamped envelope. And then you walk out of the post office with the envelope, get in your vehicle, and drive off, never mailing the envelope. That doesn't make sense. At some point, it's not enough for us to just bring the document to the post office We have to leave it there, trusting that they'll be able to take care of the rest of the process. And so when it comes to this scripture, it's it's telling us it's not enough for you to just bring your cares and concerns to the Lord, but we need to leave them with him. Why? Because the God who can take care of your situation cares for you. But I've learned a major reason why people either don't leave their worries with the Lord or don't even bring their worries to him in the first place is because they want to try to figure it out themselves. And I've been in, in that kind of mind frame as well sometimes, not realizing some things are simply out of our control and are bigger than what our mental capacity can comprehend. And that's when you and I have to follow instructions like Proverbs 3 verse 5 that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Now, those of you that know me know that I can be pretty transparent sometimes, so just story time with BJ. Many years ago, there was one night where I went to a nightclub. This was a long time ago, galaxy far, far away. And I remember this night because I saw a guy that came in there on a crutch. And so he's limping in there, and 
he limps over to a table and he sits at the table by himself and he sets his crutch to the side. And shortly after he sat down, two men walked up to his table and they just started punching on him. And they're hitting him and the guy falls to the ground and they're hitting him and they're kicking him. And then to add insult to injury, one of the guys takes the man's crutch and starts beating him with his own crutch. I did not stop to ask why they were doing that. I just knew it was time to go. But they took the very thing that he was leaning on and beat his brains out. And that's why that scripture in Proverbs 3, 5, it's not just instructions for us, but that is a warning. Because there's things in life that happen that come out of left field that we don't understand. There's things that happen in life that hit us when we least expect it, and we may not know how to handle it. But that's when we need to then cast our concerns and our cares to the Lord and trust him with all of our heart, because before it even got to us, God had already figured it out. It had got to God before it got to us. So while we're trying to figure it out, God has already worked it out. And that's why we need to trust him with all of our heart, because if we lean on our own understanding to try to figure out why this thing has happened, why am I going through this thing, the enemy can use the very thing we're leaning on and beat us down in our minds. And one way that that manifests itself is where we can be consumed with worry. That's, what that, that's one way that that can look in a person's life. When a person is beat down in their minds, then they're consumed with worry. But the devil's goal is not just to have us stressed out or fearful. He comes against our minds to kill, steal, and destroy. We even see this plan trying to be played out with one of the greatest men of God in the Bible, so go with me for a moment to 1 Kings, and let's look at this for an example. 1 Kings chapter 19. First Kings 19. And just a little background, there was an evil queen named Jezebel who had hundreds of prophets under her control, but when they came up against the prophet Elijah, uh, Elijah defeated them. Verse 1 says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. So she's making a vow to kill the prophet of God within the next 24 hours. Verse 3 says, then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. I like what the King James Version says when Jezebel sent a messenger to tell Elijah she was going to kill him within the next 24 hours. It says, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. Now, the scripture only says that Jezebel sent a messenger to say what she said. So the message was not something that Elijah could necessarily look at. She didn't do a Zoom call. She didn't do a TikTok video. 
This was something, this was a message that Elijah could not see with his eyes, but the scripture says he still saw it. So this suggests that Elijah got a mental picture in his head of what Jezebel said. And this is how real and powerful that mental picture can become. And verse 4 says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. His mental picture of Jezebel killing him drove him to the place that he prayed for God to go ahead and kill him. And this is the reason why the mental break is one of the hardest breaks to take. Because even though Elijah went to a place where he could rest his body, he was still being attacked in his mind to the point that he wanted to die. Because when you don't take a mental break, you can have a mental breakdown. But watch what happens starting in verse 5. Verse 5, it says, And he lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Many of you have had times, I'm sure, where you had so many things going on in your, in your life, work, kids, school, projects to do around the house, list goes on and on. And so many things to think about to the point where it's hard for you to go to sleep. And you're laying in bed at night and your mind is racing, thinking of all the things that you have to do. And it's just hard for you to go to sleep. And I've been there as well. And one thing personally, just as a side note, that's helped me is so I used to have a night a notepad on my nightstand. And so when I would be laying up at night and things just going through my head, I would take the notepad and write those things down. Now I just enter it into my phone. But it helps to just release those things out of my head and to put it somewhere else that I can refer to later. And that helps me to be able to rest my mind and to go to sleep. So just a side note, you can do with that whatever you want. But as stressful as my life has been at times, I have never had someone threaten, me, threaten to kill me in the next 24 hours. And this is what Elijah was dealing with. And Jezebel was a queen. So this was not some empty threat. This was not an idle threat. But Elijah finally got to a place of rest in his mind because in the midst of that stressful situation, it says that he laid down and slept. And when he got to a place of taking that mental break, the help from heaven showed up to give him the strength he needed to move forward. But just like with Elijah, the enemy would love to keep us in a place of stress instead of a place of rest. The enemy would love to keep us in a place of worry instead of a position of worship. So in the time that we have left today, let me share with you five keys, five keys for a child of God to overcome worry and stress and take a mental break. Five keys for a child of God to overcome worry and stress and take a mental break. And one place that you can find all of these keys can be found in the book of Jonah. So go with me to Jonah chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 5. As many of you know, Jonah was the one that tried to run from the presence of God and the call of God and ended up being swallowed by a huge fish. 
Jonah 2, starting in verse 5, says, The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. So if you've ever felt at times where there have been different challenges in your life and they seem like they're ganging up on you and that they're closing in on you, if you've ever felt the weight of the world on your shoulders, if you've ever felt experienced pressure building up in your head and no pills can take away the pain, then you can probably relate on some level at what Elijah is going through at this point in time. Continuing in verse 6, it says, Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. The first key to taking this mental break is remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. And there are different ways to do that. One way to remember the Lord is to remember who he is. We just sang about that a little bit ago, about who he is. Isaiah 9, 6 says that he is wonderful, that he is the ultimate counselor, that he is the prince of peace, that he is the mighty God, that he is the everlasting father. Matthew 1, says that he is Emmanuel, that he is God with us. And the same Jesus that was God with us back then is the same Jesus that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Remember who he is. Another way to remember the Lord is to remember what he's done. There's many of you that you can remember how he has come through for you in the past. If you don't remember that, then remember how he paid the penalty of sin for you. The Bible talks about how the hairs of his beard were ripped off of his face. How he was beaten to the point that he was so disfigured that they couldn't recognize if he was a human being anymore how he was spit on and punched and slapped and made fun of and crown of thorns shoved down on his head and stripped and hung on a cross. This is part of the penalty for sin, and Jesus paid that price for you and I. Look in the scriptures. If you, if you don't know what he's done for you, look in the scriptures or even look around you at people whose lives have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ. But also you can look in the scriptures, and not only with the miracles, thank God for the miracles. Thank God of how he raised the dead and how he walked on water and he calmed the winds and waves and how he fed the hungry. But look in the scriptures also at how much compassion he showed to people and the love and the grace and the mercy and the understanding that he showed to people of all walks of life. Look at what he's done. Remember what he's done. And lastly, you and I can remember the Lord when we remember what he said. I had to be reminded of this last week. My family and I did a little day trip to the beach, about a two-hour drive. And while we're driving, you know, we're listening to music, we're singing, we're laughing, we're having a great time. And sure enough, while I'm driving, I start thinking about work that I need to get done. And I almost got to the point, I actually asked Tequila to start putting some notes in my phone while I was driving so that I can go back and it could remind me later what I needed to do. And the Holy Spirit had to check me. He was like, BJ, take a mental break. I was like, yes, sir. So it's like, okay, I just, I'm gonna trust you to remind me of what I need to do later, but I'm gonna take a mental break right now. 
So remember what he said, whether it's something that God has impressed upon your heart or something that you see in his written word, remember what he said. And when we remember the Lord by doing these types of things, it will help us to not fall into unbelief. Because stress and worry can arise in our minds the less that we believe that God is able and willing to help us. So the first key is to remember the Lord. And as we remember him, that can lead to the next key, which is to pray to him. Verse 7 continues on saying, And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. I can only imagine how disgusting it was for Jonah inside the belly of that huge fish. The smell, the things that were touching him, the things he might have seen, not to mention how hopeless his future probably looked being inside the belly of that huge fish. And I'm pretty sure that if he was praying inside of that fish, I'm pretty sure his prayer wasn't something like, God is great, God is good, get me out of this digested food. Because your prayer when you're in trouble is a little different than your prayer when you're at home in the comfort of your own home. I'm not necessarily proud to tell you what I'm about to tell you, but I've lied to my wife, Tequila, before. When we were dating, she had invited me over for dinner one night, and she was going to cook for me. And so I was like, you know, I've got some skills in the kitchen. Like, you don't have to do all the cooking. I can bring something from home. And so I brought a big pot of chicken stir-fry and rice. And her and she was living with two of her girlfriends. They were sharing a place. You know, they were so impressed. It was like, ooh, you got a good one. You got a man that can cook. What they didn't know was my roommate, who's a chef, (laughs) was like, bruh, got a young lady I'm trying to impress. I need you to hook me up. And I told her later, I mean, it wasn't like he did all the cooking. I mean, I was in the kitchen. (laughs) No, he's like, BJ, can you hear me carry? Yes, I can. Here you go. How many of you know, the Nile ain't just a river in Egypt. <laughs> After we were married, she would, you know, bless her heart, she would work all day, work full time, and, you know, and she uh, would make dinner after she got off work. And for the most part, everything that she made, I enjoyed it. But there were certain things that she made that I just didn't like, like lima beans. Anybody else, you don't like lima beans? I see you out there. And it's not like I hate them. I'm just not. If I see them, I'm not excited about them. And I hadn't learned yet from the situation before where when I eventually told her I was honest about, okay, I didn't make that chicken stir fry. So eventually I had to be honest with her. But, you know, I'm still new. I was still new to the whole being married thing, the whole faithful committed relationship thing. I mean, we went through premarital counseling and things like that, but, you know, all of this is still pretty new to me. So there was still a part of me that didn't want to hurt her feelings. So she would make this food and say there was three things of food, different types of food on my plate, 
if one of them was llama beans, then what I would do was I would eat the llama beans real fast <laughs> so that I can enjoy the rest of the food. Now, how she interpreted it was, BJ loves my llama beans. <laughs> Let me make some more. I was like, I can't live this way. <laughs> I know, first world problems, right? So eventually I had to be honest with her, and I noticed how our relationship over time, it got better. It got stronger the more that I was honest with her. And you will find in your relationship with God that it will get stronger. It will get better the more honest you are with him. You know, I think about the religious leaders of Jesus' day and how they looked good on the surface, but they had something else going on beneath the surface. And I think a lot of times we treat our prayer life the same way, where we just want to tell God what we think he wants to hear, and we hide or try to hide how we truly feel and what we truly think. God is not intimidated by your feelings. God is not intimidated by your thoughts. He's encouraging us to be honest with him when we pray because he knows how we feel and he knows what we're thinking anyway. He just wants us to confess those things to him so that he can help us. And the more that you are honest with the Lord, the more you will experience his presence and his correction as well as his encouragement because he honors it when you're truthful with him because he is the God of truth. This, uh, the next key to taking a mental break, the third key is to do your part in the natural with your words. Verse 8 says, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jonah said that with his voice, he will sacrifice. And it reminds me of 2 Corinthians 10, 5 that says to take every thought captive to, the obe to, captive to obey Christ. Because you can use your voice to take every thought captive. But you have to verbally speak. There's this old saying that you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. And one thing that's saying is that we may not be able to keep every single random thought of the enemy from entering into our mind, but we can keep them from taking up residence in our mind and influencing our thinking to where we hurt ourselves and or someone else. And the way you do that is with the power of your words. And I know sometimes that can be a sacrifice for us to actually speak, because just like with a lot of us, when the enemy throws ungodly thoughts at us, we try to fight against those thoughts with other thoughts, even thoughts that are based on the word of God. When I was a child and I wasn't even saved, I didn't know Jesus at all at the time, but there would be just some off the wall thoughts that would come into my head. And even as a child, I was like, where are them thoughts coming from? And this went on even into my adulthood where those thoughts would still come into my mind. And the reason they were coming into my mind was because I was trying to fight off those thoughts with other thoughts in my head. But Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
the verse does not say that death and life is in the power of the thoughts. And so in my life, change came not just when I found scripture that was opposite of the thoughts of the enemy. Change came not just when I started thinking about the word of God, but change came when I actually began speaking what the word of God said. So if the enemy says that I can't do something, I say what the word of God says, that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. If the enemy throws a thought in my head that I'm going to be sick the rest of the days of my life, then I say what the word of God says, that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. But it takes me having to verbally speak the word of God. And by doing that, you combat the thoughts of the enemy when you verbally speak the word of God out of your mouth. But not only do you do your part in the natural with your words, the fourth key is do your part in the natural with your works. Because faith without works is dead. Last year, actually the Monday after Thanksgiving, so as Christmas season has kicked off, Tequila and about 56 other of her co-workers got laid off from their job. Right in time for the holidays. But she continued faithfully serving She was part of guest services, one of our direction teams here. She was leading a small group. She was doing one-on-one mentoring. Uh, She was still helping with video announcements. She was helping me with section community and getting that up and running, getting that organized. She was part of my process as far as me getting my exhorter certificate through Church of God. So the same way that I had to go out of town to seminars and workshops every other month and I had papers that I had to write, she had to do the same thing. They expect the spouses to do the same thing. So she had papers she had to write. She had to go with me out of town to those seminars, along with other things. And she was still believing. She was still praying. And she was still updating her resume and looking for a new job. Because how many of you know, those of you that have been job hunting before, you know, looking for a new job is a full-time job. While she was going through a devastating setback, she continued to do her part in the natural. And I truly believe that if she would have just gave up on God, stopped coming to church, stayed home, quit applying, quit trying, quit believing, then she never would have experienced what happened next. Because in January, she got a new job, better benefits, still working from home, still doing what she absolutely loves to do, and she got a huge raise. And she told me, and she's had some really good jobs in her life, but she told me, she said, I never in my life expected to be making the kind of money that I make now. And I told her, if you want to be my sugar mama, Let the Lord use you. (laughs) I'm joking, sort of. She did her part. And then God did exceedingly abundantly above all she could ask or imagine. I think about that verse too, Ephesians 3.20. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. A lot of people quote that, but they don't quote the rest of that. 
that says that it's according to the power that's working in you. So as we do our part, then the fifth key kicks in, and that is, as we do our part in the natural, watch God do the supernatural. Verse 10 says, And the Lord spoke to the fish and vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. That month or so that tequila was out of work was not easy. Definitely not easy for her, but not easy for me as well. And we both went through quite a few emotions. Disappointment, anger, confusion, questions, questioning God. And it was potentially a stressful time for us. But Jesus is able to bring you out of that place of stress and worry and anxiety and bad thinking patterns, and he can do it in a way that you never even thought was possible. Because that scripture doesn't say that Jonah just walked out of the fish's mouth. It says he, the fish vomited him out. And your deliverance might be messy, but it will still be a testimony. And God will get the glory out of it. I'm reminded of Romans 12, where it says that we can be transformed as people of God. We can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And the enemy knows, Satan knows that that transformation comes through us being renewed in our minds. And this is the main reason why he fights us in our minds so much, because he does not want to see that transformation take place in our lives. And I know. I haven't talked to anybody. I just, I know that there are people here, people watching, that you've been going through that. You've been going through attacks in your mind. You've been going through a mental fight. And God is going to give you victory today. So if that's you, I want to pray for you. If that's you, just slip up your hand just so I know who I'm praying for. Amen. Amen. God, I thank you for all of these people that have honest and pure hearts towards you and the boldness to say Jesus I need you and I pray that they may experience your power your protection that no weapon formed against them will be able to prosper even weapons that are formed against them mentally they will not succeed And not only may they experience your power, your protection, but Father, may they experience your peace right now. Peace that can only come from the Prince of Peace. Peace that will keep their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. 
Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.